Ephesians 4, let me read a few verses, starting in verse number 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Boy, that is a difficult one right there. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you." Can I give us, I I wouldn't call it a full sermon as I'm looking at it, but can I share a little devotion with us this afternoon? Because it's going to be as practical as I possibly can. And I'm not going to ask for a show of hands or a head nod or a smile and don't even elbow your spouse sitting next to you. But how many of you are like me and sometimes this little thing in our mouth gets us in trouble. How many know someone that this little thing's gotten them in trouble? We all say amen on that. There is a list that is given here, and I am going to spend my time on verses 29 and 31. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but then verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. And I want to try to encourage us. And if the Holy Spirit of God needs to do the convicting, then I'll trust Him to be able to do that. But I want to encourage us in this matter of our communication in the body of Christ. Our communication one to another, this is not talking about necessarily inside the family unit, not necessarily brothers and sisters, but this is talking about in the body of Christ as we're dealing with each other in this. But before I get to the actual nuts and bolts about the corrupt communication, I want us to come back because this ought to be the preeminent reason on why we're so attentive to this in our lives, and it's because of verses 23 and 24. And sometimes we'll just pick these verses out because there is an entire list that's given here. Let me give us the list. In verse 25, put away lying. How many believe we could preach on that for a while? How many don't have a problem with that at all? There's a few. Verse 26, be ye angry and sin not. How many have a problem with getting angry and sinning? Okay, usually we don't stop right there, but we allow the flesh to take over. 
Neither give place to the devil. It's amazing how we give him a foothold in our lives when we give in to anger. So put away lying. Don't be angry and sinning. Don't give place to the devil. Don't steal. How many believe that's a good one? Let him that stole steal no more. Aren't you thankful? Hey, this is talking to believers here, by the way. Let him that stole steal no more. I believe they were eight-year-olds trying to get in the cookie jar. Let him that stole steal no more. There ought to be a changed life. Things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Do you see the purpose why God says they ought to go to work too? But let him labor, but rather let him labor working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. So don't be stealing. Verse 29, watch your mouth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Verse number 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And then we have this list in verse 31. They're supposed to get rid of bitterness, supposed to get rid of wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking and malice. Get that all away from us. And all these things we're not supposed to do. But then he says, let me close it out by saying, and be kind one to another. Now, when we see this entire list, any one of these, not by pulling out of context, but every one of these could be preached and expounded upon, and we could be taught about this, we could apply them to our hearts and lives, and you say, well, I don't have a problem with every one of those. I guarantee you there's at least one of them here that every one of us have a problem with. But why is it such a big deal to give this list and why should we be looking at these things? Because of verses 23 and 24, be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Can I remind us, and Paul has much to say about this through his epistles that he has written to the church, that there is such a thing as the old man and the new man. And we're not talking about age here. Yeah, that's the old man right there. No, we're not talking about age. We're talking about before Christ and after Christ. We're talking about someone who is lost, but then someone who has gotten saved and has the new man. Now, we heard about it a couple weeks ago, and uh, remember Pastor Kleitz as he was up here, and he dealt with that battle that's constantly going on between the old flesh that we all still have and the new man that we have now that we're saved, and that constant warring between the two out of Romans chapter number 7 is where he preached. But he's given us this list that is here. And in other words, he's saying, listen, when you have these things in your life, you're acting like an unsaved person. But we have the new man, which look at the description that he gives to us, which after God, okay, so just like God is created in righteousness, we're supposed to be like God, created in righteousness and true holiness. Do you understand our new man, who we are after salvation, is supposed to resemble Christ more than it resembles this world? Now, when we have these things in our lives, okay, someone who's constantly lying, is that like Jesus? No. Not when he says that he's the way, the truth, and the life, okay? 
We have these immutable truths, which one of them is that God cannot lie. Okay? Neither give place to the devil, not stealing, not corrupt communication, not bitterness and wrath and anger and evil speaking and clamor and malice. None of these are to be in the place of the new man that we are supposed to be after salvation. So we can take one of these characteristics and I want us to look at it because it's the number one thing that gets us in trouble all the time and it's our mouth. And it's not just our mouth, but it's the tone and the intent behind it. That's why he doesn't just say, let no communication come out of your mouth. That would actually help us a whole lot more. God said, don't talk. That keeps me out of trouble. How many have found that out? I'm just going to keep my mouth shut because if I don't, I'm going to be in more trouble because I opened it. He doesn't say let no communication come out of your mouth. He says let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. If you go back and look at the word corrupt in relationship to language, Noah Webster said this, that uh, corrupt dealing as an adjective means debased, rendering rendered impure, or changed to a worse state as corrupt language. That's the exact definition and example that was given. So when we think about corrupt communication, you say, well, Pastor, what is the definition of corrupt communication? I believe he gives it to us right here in the Scripture. Because he says, don't let corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but here's what's supposed to come out of your mouth. That which is good to the use of edifying. Do you understand the communication that comes out of our mouth is supposed to be encouraging and building up to others that are around us? That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Okay, so let me say this. What is corrupt communication? Corrupt communication would be that which tears down instead of builds up. Corrupt communication would be that which does not minister grace, but actually beats up and drops the hammer on them, I can say. You know you can drop the hammer on someone verbally and do it with grace. And put a smile on your face. And just tell them, it's grace. Down in Brazil, they have, they have a custom down there that uh, as long as your hand is on someone's shoulder, you can, you can tell them whatever you want to tell them. And they, they know that you're doing it with a sincere heart. I mean, you can walk up, you put their hand on their shoulder and say, listen, you've been absolutely lazy today. And I mean, they accept it. You got your hand on their shoulder and uh, you just can't do that while you're preaching. But we look at this corrupt communication. You say, Pastor, where is this applicable? Where is it not applicable in our lives? And I want us to come back and look at this because understanding the principle of the Scripture that this is about when we are saved, that we are to resemble Christ. And when we look at our tongue and the words that come out of our mouth, how have we done this week? You say, well, I, my, my report card hasn't come in on my communication this week. Okay, if you want an expedited report card, okay, 
on your way home today, look at your kids and ask them how daddy did this week talking to them. You say, there ain't no way. Okay, if you want to be bold, I dare you to look at your wife and ask her, hey, how did I do talking to you this week? Ask your parents, Dad, how did I do with my communication to you this week? Was it, was it Christ-like? Was it resembling Christ? You say, Pastor, this is just real. This is real. Do you understand what James said? We won't take the time this afternoon to be able to turn over there to be able to read all of it. But he said, for the tongue being such a tiny member... Do you understand it's not, it's not that big of a part of our, our, our bodies? I mean, it's not like a cow tongue that's that long. I mean, you slice it up and fry it and eat it for lunch. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that big. I mean, you just got a little piece of muscle right here. But yet the Bible says, but the tongue, we, we, can, we, can, we can tame a ship with such a, a tiny rudder. How many were in the Navy and ever got on a big ship? You've been there. Yeah, you just sit there with a little dial and it's just connected all the way down there to the bottom and it just turns that entire ship wherever you want it to go. How many have ever gone horseback riding? And with a properly trained horse, listen, that little bit that's in their mouth, you can just tug a little bit. Sometimes they get so big, you just lay that rein against one side of the neck and it just adds the weight that way, and they just start turning that way and back and forth. And you say, listen, such a big animal, and it's so trained and so tame that you can get up to it, and there's no harm whatsoever. You can just guide it all the way along. If we can tame all of that, but yet no man can tame the tongue. In fact, it goes the opposite direction and says it's set on fire of hell. And the way that... I've probably talked before, and the way that you've probably talked before, that's where the intent and the desire came to say whatever you wanted to say. How many know that you can push someone else's buttons just with a few words? And how many thrive on that? That you know. How many have ever just gotten satisfaction from giving someone a good tongue lashing? The Bible says... Let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth. And I want to encourage us on this because the closest relationships that we have, now yes, inside the home, yes, between spouses, yes, between parents and children, but I've heard this. What about around the church house? How we talk to each other. What about how we address, listen, Another kid that's running around the church. Man, if I tore them up as they're running around the church and this is going on, I'm thinking, where'd that come from? How about a little bit of sweetness in that tone? I've said in some cases, listen, if I had someone that talked to me like that, I wouldn't want to live there either. (laughs) I'm I'm just being honest. We get to the point. Now, listen, this is how Christians ought to be acting. We ought to be watching this right here. And we ought to be... Now, there's not one person couldn't put their hand up and say, listen, we've royally messed this up. But you know what we ought to do? We get it right. We get it right. 
We actually go to him, and this has happened. Now, you talk about eating humble pie. The old preacher down there in Tennessee, he said this. He said, make sure every word you speak is, has, has some salt and pepper on it. He said, because it'll make it easier when you have to eat them back. He said, make sure they're flavored well because you'll be eating those. And listen, there's times we do have to humble ourselves and go to someone and say, listen, I shouldn't have been talking like that. I'm not talking about cussing and taking the Lord's name in vain. That's, that comes under corrupt communication. I'm talking about in general conversation one to another. What about this? The Bible says that our communication is to speak that which is good to the use of edifying, building up. You say, well, I haven't said anything to Cassie that's tearing her down. But I have said it to Kristen that tore her down. That's called gossip, by the way. We wouldn't tear someone down to their face, but we'll sure talk to someone else and tear them down, won't we? And I haven't said anything. I don't want you to be upset, Cassie. I haven't said anything. We'll say it to someone else and we'll tear someone completely down by talking to someone else instead of talking to them. All we're trying to do at that point is just build ourselves up. You say, Pastor, what's the point of all of this? We look at it. I want us to analyze, listen, how we talk to other people. Do you understand that we can either bring fear or we can bring love in the hearts and minds of those that we're talking to? That yes, there's, there's time for correction. There's times that it's got to be stern. Probably the, the worst looks that I've ever gotten from my family is there's been times, and, and I really, I don't fly off the handle. I, I don't yell. And uh, they, honestly, you can ask my family. You have never, they've never heard me, and they'll give testimony. They better give testimony. Of me yelling at him in our house. I don't do that. That's, that's not me. But can I say this? There have been times, because that's so outside of character, and that's just not me. I'll, I'll stew on it, but I'm not going to yell at him. I know there's times you've got to be stern, and there's just got to be times, hey, you're either shipping up or shipping out. And you're either getting things right, and listen, this is how it's going to be. I sat down and talked with someone. Crystal come to me later, and she's like, I've never heard you talk like that before. This lady came to me, wanted counseling, and we need to get this thing put together, and, and on and on. Don't worry, you wouldn't even know. And I said, I'll meet with you. My wife and I sat down and met, and, and uh, I started asking a couple questions. And she, I think we were at a McDonald's somewhere. And uh, I said... Um, she came in and she, she started telling us everything sitting there at that McDonald's. And I said, okay. I said, I guess there's no reason for us to meet then. I said, you got your mind made up? And I said, just be honest with you. I said, I'm not going to waste my time. And I said, you've got your mind made up. You're not looking for advice. You're not looking to follow the Lord. And I said, so there's really nothing else for us to continue this conversation about. She said, I've never heard you talk like that. That was as full of love as I possibly could. But I said, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and just waste words. It's not a matter of corrupt words, but I want us to come back to the motive and condition of our hearts when we're talking to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you understand how you talk to children around the church or how you talk to children in your home can either make or break them in their relationship with desiring to even be at church? 
What if every time these young, these young people running around here, what if every time they come in contact with me, I yell at them? Do you think Mr. Donahoe Jr. over here is going to want to come up on Thursdays and give me his verse? No. You know what? They're not going to want to come talk to me. Now, when we speak the truth, we speak it in love. And I want to encourage us. You say, Pastor, what in the world's going on? Nothing. Unless God's convicting your heart, you might not be giving and you might be talking wrong today, okay? I mean, get before the Lord and you figure it out. I don't know. But I couldn't get off this about our relationship one with another. And how much better would our relationship be, not just in our homes and not just around the church, but everywhere we go, if we just actually started thinking about what we were saying and how we were saying it and the words that were coming out. If we actually put some thought into it and said, Lord, I don't think it's an accident in the middle of this. As soon as he says, no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, verse 30 says, and... Grieve not the, the Holy Spirit of God. I believe we do more damage with our mouths than just about any way else in our lives, in our relationships with other people. Because here's why. You can never take that back. How many right now, and be honest, don't tell me what it is, how many right now you can think back over the years of something hurtful that was said to you in the years that have gone past? You can think about it. You got something? How many have something that it's been made right and you don't hold it against them anymore, but you still remember it, don't you? Yeah. I got things. You've got things. That's why I think God spends so much time on this corrupt communication proceeding out of our mouth because we can't forget it. You'll be able to forget what you had for lunch yesterday but you won't forget what that person said. Even though they come to you crawling on broken glass, begging and showing repentance to be able to get things right, it's still in your mind. And you can never take it back. So you say, Pastor, how do we deal with our tongue? We allow the Holy Spirit of God to control it from the inside instead of us trying to bring it back in later. It would be a whole lot better maybe, and I know that the big thing that goes around now is there's no filter right here, and we, we chuckle and laugh about that. Maybe there ought to be a filter here. Because out of the abundance of the heart, guess what? The mouth speaketh. And so maybe if the Holy Spirit of God was filtering it down here, and we allowed Him to before it came out here, we wouldn't have to try to start grabbing them and putting those words back in, which we can't. Hey, I can write something down. You'd be surprised what I have written down about you up here. I can write it all down. You know something? You'd never see it. I can take it downstairs. I can put it in a shredder. I can take the pieces out. I can burn it. You'd never see it. There's nothing written on that paper. Just so that you know, some of y'all worried. Nothing written on that paper right now. Right now. You can't take it back once you say it. How many wish, now here's the modern day instead of you speaking it. How many wish when you send, when you hit send on a text that before it got there, they need to have an unsend button before it's read? You know why? 
We didn't allow the Holy Spirit of God to be able to control that. And I want us to understand the, the overall premise of this is not just for us to control our mouths, but to understand why we do this, and that's because we're a new man and we're supposed to be acting like Christ. And we're supposed to be living right, like Christ. So I want to encourage us what comes out of our mouth. Make sure that it's edifying. Make sure that it is actually ministering grace to the hearers. That because someone talked to you, they're actually encouraged. They're actually pointed closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I've found out when someone comes in and they're broken from sin? I've found out this. They don't need me to rehearse their sin to them, do they? They come in, they're broken. Everybody else beat them down about their sin. They know they've broken it. You know what they need? Someone to say, okay, it's all right to get it right. And to be able to move on and get moving forward. And I want, in, in my life, here's my goal, and I know I don't, I don't meet this. I don't meet it every day. I don't meet it every hour. I want, when someone gets done a conversation with me, or even just a passing word, I want them more encouraged and blessed because they were around me and they heard what came out of my mouth. And I thought, Lord, if you'd help us, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Why? Because we've put on the new man. Every one of these things come back. We've put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So I don't know what it is, and I don't know, it might just be for me this afternoon. Watch what we say. Watch the tone in which it was say. Sunday mornings are the worst, aren't they? Anybody else have problems? Yeah? What are you, too lazy? You can't get in the church, in, into church on time? Yeah, that sure helped, didn't it? That sure set the tone. My thing with Miss Crystal... We do drive separately. This got me in more trouble than anything else. You ready for this? We always kept a calendar. And in the past, she was notorious for it was always last minute. Packing the vehicle, getting out the driveway, getting ready to go. And I would always tell her as graciously as I could, because our calendars are connected. So we keep this, the same contacts, same calendar. If I put something in my calendar, it goes in her calendars, and uh, it's completely updated. And I'd always apologize and say, I'm sorry. I should have let you know that this was coming a couple weeks ago so that you could be prepared for it. <laughs> Knowing full well she had it in her calendar, and it's just last minute. Anyway, that passive-aggressive side... I'm sorry, I should have let you know this was coming. That set the tone for the next 12 hours worth of driving in the car together. And it all could have been avoided if I would have just listened to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit said, Peter, shut your mouth and just quit talking right now. Has anybody ever had that conversation with the Holy Spirit and he told you that? I'm not the only one. This side. Okay, I understand. This side's perfect. If you need advice on what to say, go to this per side over here. Let no corrupt communication. Let's watch it. Let's watch it.
Grace. Minister grace with your mouth. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for the word of God. Lord, I just had something simple that you wanted to just remind us about this afternoon. So many things throughout that passage of Scripture because we've put on the new man. Lord, I pray most of all, it's a, it's a little member of our body. But Lord, it does so much damage when we allow corrupt communication. Lord, help our marriages to be verbally strong, graceful. Help our families between parents and children to be sweet towards each other. Help our church family. Lord, I especially think of the next generation. Help us to minister grace in their ears. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with this. Help us not to grieve the Holy Spirit, but help us to watch what we say, that it would be pleasing to Christ. Thank you for your love to us. Thank you for the reminder from the Scriptures. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.